I just feel God is hovering over the meeting. So, you know, I was supposed to be on 15 minutes ago, but I'll be honest with you, God has done more in my life in worship times than in preaching times. When his presence, I don't mean in sing-alongs, I mean when his presence is in the room, uh, he is able to do things in my heart that no preach can do. And, and he's here this morning. I just, just connect in with that. Amen. He's here. The Spirit of God hovered in Genesis 1. There was still chaos on the earth, but he was hovering, hovering, hovering. And there was a time when the Spirit and Word collided and it just brought uh, clarity and movement and power. to allow, sometimes because there's chaos, we don't let the Holy Spirit hover. We want to be logical Christians. But God's doing two things. He hovers over our lives and he speaks into our lives. And clarity and purpose comes. Father God, I pray as we, as we, uh, well, whatever we're going to do, look at your word, talk a little bit, just flow with you. Father God, just let your healing just work in people's lives. In the name of Jesus. And, and for, for loads in the room, um, open up your heart to God this morning heart the very center of your core being all all kinds of things can go on that leaves us living living to protect ourselves instead of living to live a great life who knows that's a real different place and probably if you've lived a bit you've had to go through a season of protecting yourself anybody been there yeah but you can't stay there okay you can't stay in that posture uh, you, you go to that place to recover and recoup and protect and protect yourself from maybe abusive people or situations or just stuff that hurt. But you have to come out of that situation. I, I, just, see, I just see many people in this room coming into the light. I wish God lifted us out of every situation, but sometimes he takes us through. Do you know what I mean? So it, 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 I love Psalm 23. The Lord's my shepherd. You shall not be in want. And he makes you lie down in green pastures gives you holidays, all that kind of thing, and refreshes and restores your soul. Your soul needs restoring every now and then. Yeah, um, but it does go on. I wish it would say, you'll not go near a valley of darkness ever. You know, you'll always be in clear, bright, white. We'll understand everything. In, in the light, it'll be just easy. No, there are seasons in your life when all you know is, he is with me. And you, keep, you can't sit down and sulk in that place. You keep putting one foot in front of the other and you keep going, he's with me, he's with me, he's with me, he's with me, he's with me. And you walk out of the valley where you've learned that even when it's dark, he's still your father. And some of you have been walking through that valley and sometimes all you've had is he's with me, he's with me, he's with me. And you kept going over the prophet for prophecies and going over your favorite scriptures and, and proclaiming in faith and you haven't felt much of the Holy Spirit, but you kept going, he's with me, he's with me. I just, I believe there's a season of walking back into the bright white light of God's presence where you come out of the valley and onto the plain. There's an opening out in purpose. Uh, what God's been doing in the squeezing and in the pressure time. Anybody had a pressure time at the last couple of years? What he's been doing in the pressure is he's been forming you more into the likeness of Christ. I wish he could do it through ease. I wish he would say to me, look, I'm going to put you on a Greek beach and feed you good food and you'll turn into Jesus. Fab, but who knows, it? that doesn't happen, right? When we trust God for who he is in the dark, it then becomes incredibly easy to trust God in the light. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you are going to prove that he's your provider in the darkness. You're going to prove that he is the God who always sees. 
You can't see tomorrow, but he's already there. He sees clearly. He's the God that sees. That's who he is. Amen. Even when I'm not saying anything, he's still doing something. He's hovering here, okay? I could be quiet for the next 20 minutes. I won't be. Because I'll just help some along. But some of you just need to close your eyes and bathe in what he's doing in the room. But, but for others, because we all connect at different levels, I'll keep talking because there's some things he's doing, all right? Um, uh, put my little slidey thing up if you would great book you got to get it I was supposed to teach on it this morning probably won't happen but um, we're th this week is the is the uh, celebration of the 500th anniversary since the beginning of the Reformation and um, I believe God is about to do something incredible he, he has been building up for quite a few decades with what's been going on in the world and you want to know what season you live in. What war was it where they went back decades later and still found, I don't know, Japanese troops hiding on island, still thinking it was, yeah. You know, um, don't end up a Christian thinking, oh, it's still the 70s, isn't it? 70s were quite a good era, actually. Work with me. Know the season in which you live some difference going on in the earth right now and connecting with what God is doing is incredibly important actually the glory of the Lord is beginning to touch the earth like it's never done in history before a friend of mine they've got a resurrection team in their church they pray for the dead to be raised regularly they've seen nine people raised from the dead uh, I know other churches that have seen several hundred as they we're in countries you can get to do this a little bit more. They, they pray for that. They've seen hundreds. They've seen around 300 at the last count raised from the dead. Um, you are living in an extraordinary era. Our danger when, because what does our real week feel like? Well, we do the school run. We change nappies. Anybody? Right? I kept, I kept saying the other week, I can't remember where I was, but I kept calling it the nappy run. I was trying to say school run and changing nappies. And, but who knows that it feels like the nappy run sometimes. It's probably a pretty good set of words for it. Life is, you know, we, we're earning money, we're paying off our mortgages, doing the stuff of life. Sometimes we don't have our heads up and look from the mountain and go, so what's happening in the earth right now? It almost feels like too grand a question to ask when we're going about our nine to five jobs and bringing up kids and all this kind of stuff. But if you were to look up like a prophet who's supposed to stand up high and God would say, so what do you see? You're seeing clearly. Something incredible is going on in the earth right now. The Welsh Revival saw 100,000 saved. I've been in a single service where over a million people gave their lives to Jesus in one night. We're living in incredible times. Um, let's not end up as, did we, is it Japanese, did we say? Japanese, Korean. Let's not end up as Korean troops on an island going, well, I don't really know what time it is. I'm just doing the last orders I heard. No, uh, God speaks again and again and again and I ask you is your life lined up with the now season of God do you know what he's doing in the earth or is your Christianity from the 60s the 70s the 80s the 90s the noughties I don't know what you call them do you call them noughties and because um, we're in a pivotal time in history 
So, ignore that. We're going to look at this for a few moments because we've only got a few moments. I love this picture of... Uh, now, it's when the prophet Samuel anointed Saul, who was going to become king in the Old Testament, you know, the predecessor of David. And uh, Samuel said a few things to him, and, you know, this is going to be a sign that... He's telling him different signs that will happen as you become king. It was a very new thing. He, he wasn't in a kingly line. It literally was out of the blue. Um, and Samuel said to Saul, after that, after a few other signs, which aren't relevant to our little story this morning, after that, you'll go to Gibeah of God, where there's a Philistine outpost. As you, as you approach the town, you'll meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, timbrels, pipes, and harps being played before them, and they'll be prophesying. I think that's a great picture of the book of Acts, chapter 2. Praise and presence and prophecy. Can you get the feeling of the mess? Teachers won't like it. It's not principled enough. You know, it's not step one, step two, step... No, it's this other side of Christianity. It's that prophetic, something's in the room, chaotic. You know, you can't chalk it on a blackboard. But here's what happened. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you as he meets the prophets. I think James said it earlier. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with them and you'll be changed into a different person. James was essentially saying, if people meet you, they're far more likely to meet God. You ever thought that? Your work colleagues are going to meet God because they've met you. You met God because you met a Christian. That's what's happening up here. A group of prophetic people, so the Spirit of God's on them. They're prophesying. There's music. We've got our music all sorted this morning, and they're looking gorgeous, aren't they? when somebody stumbles across that atmosphere they have an encounter with God someone is going to encounter God because you've encountered God and because they've encountered God they'll go meet someone else and they'll encounter God this is this is the viral prophetic nature of Christianity that God he describes himself as being like oil in other words he's transferable people are more likely to meet God because you were there why because you're carrying oil you're carrying fire you're carrying water you're carrying something supernatural from heaven right but here's here's my point that I want to bring this morning these little phrases that I've underlined the spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with them and you will be changed into a different person now this is going to happen this morning in this room in the next 17 minutes Err. Are you ready? Here's, let, let me go through what it means and then we're going to do it together, okay? Because there's something supernatural of God in the room. We're going to run with that for a minute. It says the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of God. It's that Ruach word that some of us love. It means the wind, the breath of God. The Spirit, the, the, the wind, the breath of God will come powerfully upon you. It means literally will overthrow you. Literally, the breath of God's going to overthrow you and overturn you. Does anybody need themselves overthrowing every now and then? Anybody like me? Right, who needs their prayer life overturning? Come on, who needs their mind overturning? Who needs their boldness overturning? Who needs to walk out of here overturned by something? 
right? So the, the breath of God literally at the root. Now this will get you. Think about this because we just think, well, it's emotion. It's a feeling. It's a goosebump. It's the sense of approval. When it says the breath of God, the spirit of God, the ruach of God, it also means the mind of God will rush upon you and you'll be overthrown. The mind of God, the thoughts of God will rush on you and you'll be overthrown and you'll be turned into another person. Who needs stronger dignity? Come on, boldness. I need to walk into work tomorrow with a sense that I am called of God. God is into transformation. It's only me. I'm not very good at this. I don't really understand half of it. It's only me. Listen, listen. God transforms you. My question is, have you known the transformation of God that the mind of God rushed upon you and overthrew you? And listen, this is what it literally means. And turns you into the next man. You see, the next season needs the next man. Where we're going, old Jared won't do. I need to have a change in the way I think, which is what it means in my conscience. The next verse goes on to say, as he turned from Samuel, he was transformed. And it literally means the way he thought, his conscience, his dignity was completely transformed as he walked away from Samuel. Do you know you can have encounters that utterly transform how you think, what you think, and the substance of your being inside simply by the Spirit of God rushing upon you, the mind of God rushing upon you and transforming you. Have you been there yet? I remember being six years old and sensing the Spirit of God in the room. There was a band like this and the Spirit of God touched me as a six-year-old and suddenly I was a different little six-year-old. But I remember then in my late teens, the Spirit of God, we had a couple of guest speakers, people by the likes of Derek Prince and anybody remember Joe Hogland? I'm looking in Chris's diary, right? And I thought the Spirit of God overshadowed me. So did Joe Hogland, he was very big. I ended up flat on my back. I was literally overturned. But listen, so the Spirit of God came on me. I was already Spirit-filled. Work with me. Don't think this. Said the sinner's prayer. Tick. Read my Bible every day. Tick. Was filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. Tick. Well, that's it. I now get on with it. No, no, no. Some, there are many seasons in life where you need to become the next man. The only way to do what I have, in fact, to get where I see in 40 years time, I'm going to become the next man several times. So in my late teens, I became the next man by an overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. Then in 1990, at the end of 1990, November, the Spirit of God hit me again. And again, my experience of His Spirit, you see, His Spirit always comes in fullness. He doesn't come by measure, that's quite clear. But the purpose and the sensitivity and the maturity and the authority changes season by season. Who needs to become the next man over their finances? Come on, work with me. Who needs to become the next man for your purpose with your children? The next man for your ministry? See, the man that you see today, you cannot imagine doing the things that half of your heart feels. So you go, I'll never do it. You need to become the next man. The Spirit of God will come and rush upon you and overturn you and turn you into the next man. I remember in 1994, the most transformative encounter with the Holy Spirit I had. I was overwhelmed by the Spirit for a week, 10 days. And the intensity of that encounter has not left me even today. 
1994 to today, I was spirit-filled before, but it's like I became spirit-filled again, again. And the authority and the sensitivity and the, the sense of his presence went to a whole new level. And suddenly, I know when Vicky first married me and I would say, I just get drunk in the Holy Spirit at will, she would go, you're a bit strange. Of course, she's been married to me 15 years now, so she gets drunk in the Holy Spirit at will. In other words, it's a learned thing that I learn how to go to higher places of sensitivity in the Spirit. I don't stop at Spirit-filled speaking in tongues, and then what many people do is they get a bit disappointed that certain things don't work or they're not fully learned yet. And listen, again and again, and I feel it in the church this morning, we need to become the next man. I see moves of God in our worship. I see moves of God in our revived teams. I see moves of God touching across out into Cottingham and Goulburn right across the region. I see miracles breaking out among children at a level we've never seen before. The only way that happens is by becoming the next man, then the next man, then the next man, then the next man. You keep going in God. 2011, again, through, through an overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, I became a different man again. Another level of authority. I can see things now that I couldn't see 20 years ago prophetically. I can feel things. I can, I can understand information from heaven in a way I never did 20 years ago. I was spirit filled then, but at different stages, God has said, now you need to become the next man for the next stage. We're turning the page and you must let me overshadow you again and I will make you the next man. Then this summer, hence why this book was written, the, the, the book 500, I wrote in two days. Why? The spirit of God overshadowed me and said, now, the next man. When I came back from two months prayer uh, over the summer, I've come back different. I'm the next man. See, I, I, I'm not the same Jared of, of March. I'm a different Jared. Is this your testimony? Okay, I'm gonna overshadow me. I'm ready to become the next man. My lowly state of thinking will never be able to cope with that princely destiny. I need to become the next man. I need to become the next man. I need to become the next man. There's political influences in this room. The only way you're going to get there is by becoming the next man. There are business influences in this room. You need to become the next man. There's revivalists all over this room. And you're sitting right now going, but I know me. Listen, but I know him. If you sit in the I know me as every great in the Bible, most of them anyway, said, but I'm the least of the least. How will I go? I stutter. I can't do it. Who am I that I should go? They had to become the next man. The Spirit of God is in this room to make people the next man this morning. Allow his presence to rest on you. And just in a few moments of the birthing of the Holy Spirit, honestly, as you go deeper into the spirit. Don't think, this is it, I'm plateauing here. Filled with the spirit, speaking in tongues, tick. No, 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 no. He's here. And in fact, I almost want to aim this most at the people that go, I don't get the Holy Spirit thing. He's here for you. Every single one of us have gone through that, right? In my mid-teens, I would run out of every, every, every meeting where the Holy Spirit moved. I would run. Terrified me. Then he overshadowed me and I became the next man. Anybody feel the pull of the Holy Spirit? You need to become the next man. If you do, 
I want you to stand slowly to your feet in this place. We're going to have a prayerful moment for the last few moments. If it's time for you, you're saying, I, I need to become the next man in my prayer life, the next man in influence, the next man at home, the next man in work, the next man in church. I need to become the next man. There's an overshadowing of the presence of God here in this room.